Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You worked all week. Work, 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 work. You didn't have time to look at your fantasy lineups. Son of a But don't be afraid. That's why we give you Weekend Fantasy Update. Woohoo! Exciting edition of Weekend Fantasy Update on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Joe Galena, and as always, I'm joined by my friend, the Fantasy Taz, Jim Day. Jim, what's going on? Hey, it's uh, everything's going on, Joe. We're into week seven already, <laughs> and uh, fantasy football is dead set in the middle of the season, and people are freaking out or Joyous that they're six and zero so far, hoping right. for that seventh win. We're going to try and work on those guys that are one and five and two and four. Let's see if we can get them a little help to get back. All right. Well, we got a great. And why show. are you barking at me? <laughs> is that is that uh, our buddy uh, Sean Engel trying to get some attention, or do you have a dog uh, in your studio? <laughs> I don't own a dog, so it's not me. No. All right. Yeah, I, I don't have a dog anymore. I have a couple of cats. What's the story there, Sean? <laughs> there just was a dog just roaming around. That's all. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. Well, make sure that dog doesn't touch any buttons because, you know, we, we want to stay live. Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. I have an eye on it. All right. Good. <laughs> so, listen, uh, we're going to talk lots of fantasy football this uh, this week, uh, even talk some uh, some prop bets. I, I sent you some over. Some of them look really uh, interesting, right? We're going to break down the week. Lots of news this week. Maybe we'll start with that. We got uh, we got. Four teams on a bye. We've got the uh, Steelers, the Packers, the Raiders, the Seahawks. Uh, hey, just by the way, uh, just in case anybody cares, I just got a notification off of uh, page six. I follow page six. I know it's kind of weird, but uh, Pete Davidson still has hope for his relationship with Ariana Grande. In case anybody cares, okay? All right, so there we go. Uh, you know, are you concerned about that relationship there, Taz? Oh, seriously, absolutely. <laughs> I have it on my things to do list to fix it. <laughs> the sarcasm is strong with this one. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes, young Padawan. It is. Um so okay, so uh let's start with just a couple of notes on the teams that are on a bye. So Steelers uh, James Conner, Le'Veon Bell, still, uh, from what I've heard, I don't know if you've gotten any updates, uh, Taz, uh, Steelers still haven't heard from Bell, right? I haven't heard anything to the <laughs> contrary that they, they've heard from him at all. And, right. you know, there's rumors out there he might come back on Monday. At mm-hmm. this point, it's hard to trust him at all. And right. it actually leads to one of, the, one of the prop bets that you did send me that I actually do like this week. <sighs> yeah. Um, so we might as well jump into that right away. What, what do you think about it? Why don't you give us what you sent me, and, and we'll talk about it. Sure. Uh, I have a whole list here. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. what I'm trying to find. There it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so if you have it, go ahead. Tell me. It was, okay, uh, so yeah. Who, what will happen yeah. first? Yes, yes. The Rams losing right. at a minus 270 cost, so you bet 100 You bet. 270 bucks to win 100 right. or Le'Veon Bell rushes for 1 yard you bet 100 bucks to win 180 yeah well i think what the, do you like the, there i think the rams are going to win this week right um i would have to say that i think that uh i think the i think that the uh, the rams lose first <laughs> because we just don't know we still have a couple of weeks right well, yeah, the, you know, I, I'm basing it on the fact that he has to get in by week 10 to get yeah. the year to be accrued. Right. Otherwise, it's a lost season for him, and right. he's stuck there again, mm-hmm. um, dealing with this crap all again week one next year. So I, I think he has to be there by week 10. Right. So if you look at that over the next four games, which gets us to week 10, yeah. okay, he's got San Francisco this week in San Francisco, but it should be a Rams win. Right. But then he goes up against Green Bay in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. They have New Orleans at home, and then they go. They uh, and no, 
Wait, they play at home against Green Bay, then they go to New Orleans, and then they play at home again against Seattle. So three of those four games are definitely games they could lose. Right, uh, right. You know, it, it, all teams that have different aspects of their game that, you know, aren't right there yet, but easily games that they could lose. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go with the Rams lose first and before Bell co- even comes back because I'm basing it on the fact he doesn't come back to Week 10. Right, right. Uh, and I, I I agree with you. I think that he doesn't come back to Week 10. Now, so so what do you do with Connor now? I mean, uh, do you hold on to him and just enjoy the fruits of, of what he's given you? Or, you know, before his potential fantasy value goes low, I mean, d- does it automatically go low? Because let's say Bell does uh, show up, right? I mean, I don't think he takes over the backfield right away, right? There's got to be some kind of a, a, a process where he gets back into game shape, right? I'm thinking. Well, there is. I mean, if you look at last year when he held out all preseason, he came back for week one, but he was terrible in week one. Right. You know, week two, he finally started getting going. So, you know, there's always that outcome. The problem here is that there's such a variety of a, a range of outcomes that could happen here. Look, even if he comes back, there's no guarantee that Pittsburgh doesn't put him on the player exempt list, which means he doesn't play. Right. Um, so, you know, it, all of this is coming down to the fact if Pittsburgh's winning with Connor, he's getting the job done. Roethlisberger likes him. The offensive line likes him. You know, why do you want to bring that cancer in? I know he's a, a better running back. Let's face it. Nobody's going to argue that point. He is one of those guys who's just a generational talent at running back. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, do you want that headache if you're winning? Right, right. That's if you're point. losing yeah. now, maybe that's a different point. Maybe, you know, if you're losing and still trying to claw back into it, then maybe you bring Bell in. But there's no guarantee that when Bell comes back, he even plays. There's no guarantee that if he does play, he's going to be the Bell cow. Mm-hmm. Uh, so right now, the range of outcomes is so huge. The problem with trying to sell Connor now, if you wanted to sell Connor, you should have done it a few weeks back. Yep, yep. If you're trying to sell Connor now, the other the other owners that you're trying to sell him to are going to be leery of Bell coming back now, too. So mm-hmm. you're not going to get the value out of him. You might as well, if you held him on to the, held on to him this long, you might as well hold on to him and hope for the fact that Bell either gets put on the exempt list, uh, comes back and gets hurt. You know, any of those range of outcomes which that are very leads possible. to Connor, right, mm-hmm. right, which leads to Connor still being the guy going forward. So you know, it's hard. I don't, I just don't think you can get the value trying to trade him now. Now that being said, there's people out there that. You don't want to believe. So if you put him out there, and I don't suggest not putting him out there. If you want to put him out there, put him out there. See what somebody's going to offer him, but make sure it's a good deal. This guy is playing as a stud right now. You need to get at least a stud back. Yes. No, I agree. Very good advice. And it it doesn't hurt to put him on the block just to see. You might get overwhelmed with with an offer. So, you know, and and, uh, James Conner owners – uh, I'm sure they've been starting him every week, but, you know, at the start of the season when they drafted him, I mean, they probably had a contingency plan, right? They, when they drafted him, you know, no one really knew that he was going to be the bell cow back for the Steelers. You know, No one really knew that, that Bell was really going to hold out like this. So uh, good advice from uh, Jim Day, the fantasy Taz. Uh, so another team that's on uh, the bye, the Packers. So this gives uh, Randall Cobb and uh, Geronimo Allison a little time to heal. Of course, Aaron Rodgers' time to heal. Uh, big win for them, uh, comeback win on, on uh, Monday night. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, uh, their rookie uh, wide receiver, 7 for 68, a touchdown. Uh, and then 3 for 103 this week. Uh, what kind of value do you think he's going to have rest of season? I mean, if Cobb and Allison come back, healthy and I don't see why they wouldn't after this bye. Uh, it looks like Scantling's almost like carved a little bit of a role for himself in this offense, no? Uh, not enough to be fantasy relevant on a week-to-week basis if Cobb and Allison are still healthy. There's still a chance, though, that Green Bay trades Cobb. Mm-hmm. They they have, you know, till the end of the month to, to make some kind of offer, get him out there. A lot of teams out there are hungry for wide receivers. You know, this team obviously has that thought process in mind of possibly trying to move him. So there's still a chance they do. So mm-hmm. that gives, you know, Marcus Valdez Scantling. Um, and I'm just going to call him MVS for now. Cause that's a, that's fine. Yeah. Neck name. Yeah. Um, MVS gets some value with that. If they move Cobb, then absolutely. He gets some value out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not ready to, you know, drop him totally right now, because again, we, we still don't know. I mean, Cobb and 
Allison could easily have uh, setbacks and all of a sudden they're out again. So don't drop yeah. them yet. You know, just keep them on your bench if these two guys are back and see what happens. But there's still a chance for him, uh, and he's in one of the most high-powered offenses in the league. So you don't want to give away that capability. Right, right. I agree. Good advice. And uh, thank God, in a way, that it's Marquez Valdez-Scantling, MVS, that we're talking about, and not Equinemius St. Brown. (laughs) (laughs) We hope that St. Brown, you know, give him another week or two before he becomes relevant. We have to say that name every week, but we'll just call him ESB. (laughs) I'll just call him St. Brown. There you go. (laughs) Uh, And as we uh, headed into the uh, the bye week for the Packers, still really no clarity in that backfield, right, with Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. Well, there's plenty of clarity. Fact of the matter is, as long as Jones can't protect Rodgers and Rodgers needs protecting, he's going to be very limited in his touches. Now, he got real close to having a touchdown last week. It just didn't stay that way. Uh, Called it back out, and then he didn't get it. You know, so he's going to hit – every once in a while, he'll hit that big play for a touchdown, but every game he doesn't, he's not going to get you 10 fantasy points, which means he's not really a good even flex player at this point. Um, You know, there's nobody else in that backfield that you could trust either. So it really – it comes to a point for me that I don't trust any of this backfield, and it's just going to be Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball, you know, all season long as long as he can stay healthy. Yeah, and unfortunately, there's just too many of these type of backfields in fantasy that's just driving us nuts, you know, every week. <laughs> um, well, hey, you know, one the one that's always been the biggest and hardest is actually one of the best now, and that's I week. know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I knew finally. You know, we yeah. have some clarity with New England, yeah. so yeah. you know. You give one, take one. It's just how it goes. Yeah, yeah. You got to roll with the punches, right? <laughs> uh, so uh, another team uh, that's on a bye. We mentioned the Raiders. Now Marshawn Lynch could be done for the year uh, with a groin injury, definitely for several weeks. So uh, it's amazing. You know what's old is new again. Uh, you know Doug Martin. <laughs> uh, what do you think about his prospects? We got Doug Martin. We got Jalen Rashard. We got DeAndre Washington. In, in my opinion, I, I like Rashard, but he's more of the pass catching back. I, I would, you know, I know that all of us, all of us fantasy players, uh, just clamor for new blood in the running back uh, position. But really, Martin's not new blood. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, it, and he's yeah. Um, look, for me, Martin is going to be the early down back, uh, probably be the goal line back. Rashard is going to maintain his position position as the pass catching back and if you're in a ppr league richard is the one you want to own yes um you don't want to own martin because i don't see him being used as much in the passing game so i i think richard holds that deal um and i I would play him that way if you're in a standard league then you know martin obviously gets a little bit more uh value over richard because those pass catches he's still Richard still needs to get in the end zone to score in a standing standard league. Martin should have more opportunities. I just don't know how much more. This offense is really on the edge right now of, uh, you know, <laughs> just just falling apart. They're yeah, looking to move Mari Cooper at this point. Not that I think that's a wrong move. I've never been a Mari Cooper guy. But, mm-hmm. you know, it, just selling off pieces like this just doesn't really lead to long-term viability over the course of the season. Yeah, and they, they need to get uh, moving there because they're moving to Vegas. they got to show up in Vegas with a shiny new vehicle. <laughs> they're going to limp into Vegas. <laughs> right? uh, yeah, it's going to be tough. Uh, the, the, yeah. This team is hurting right now. Yes, absolutely. And uh, the last team that's on a bye, uh, Seahawks. I actually took a shot, uh, picked up David Moore off the waiver wire uh, in a deep league I play in. Not, not a lot of targets, but uh, last couple of weeks, three touchdowns, big play potential. So we'll see how that works out. But the, that backfield, all of a sudden last week, Rashad Penny, <laughs> who was supposed to be uh, you know, working on kickoff returns, <laughs> all of a sudden he's involved in the, uh, in the offense again. Yeah, that was uh, yeah. that. That's crazy, man. Again, it's just that conspiracy against fantasy players to just really continue to mess with our minds. <laughs> yeah. uh, these coaches are all getting together. You know, Belichick started the movement, and now we just see more and more coaches following <laughs> along. There's got to be a secret club, right? Yeah, <laughs> of coaches. <laughs> but I'm, uh, I'm going to have to come up with an acronym for their name for next. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But so many people, uh, probably not so many, but I bet you a lot of people, a lot of fantasy players dropped Rashad Penny, uh, based on the news that he wasn't going to be viable. I mean, now they pick him up again. I mean, you got Chris Carson, Mike Davis. Uh, I'm not ready to pick him up again. No, look, I'm sorry, but you know, it was a one-week thing. A week after he got one snap. 
and that was mm-hmm. on special teams. So, you know, last week was just a weird week for the running game all the way around. Uh, you know, Davis pretty much secured himself that number two spot uh, based on that one big game when everybody else was out. Carson, you know, has done a pretty damn good job for them all year. Uh, yeah. Last week was just that little bit of an aberration, that quick start. You know, they got the, the early touchdowns, and, you know, it, it just looked like it should set up well for them, and it just didn't come to fruition. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, so uh, other news items this week. It's been a busy week in fantasy, hasn't it, right? It uh, sure has, absolutely. It really has. And uh, we're going to have to uh, start these items and then pick them up uh, at the other side of the commercial, and then we're going to break down the games like we do for you every week, and then uh, you'll have an opportunity. Uh, we usually open up the phone lines at 3 o'clock where you could call up and uh, get your lineup questions in, uh, any trade questions in as well. 844-843-6879 is that number. But uh, So Devonta Freeman went to the IR, and uh, lots of people uh, talking about Edo Smith. We had talked about Edo Smith on this show a couple weeks ago. Uh, what do you think about the dynamic? dynamic between uh, Coleman, Tevin Coleman, and Ito Smith. I mean, Smith touchdowns in three straight. Yeah, no, absolutely. Getting those uh, goal line carries, and that's been his game so far, pretty much. Um, You know, he's not really running for a a lot of yards per carry, so he's getting those goal line carries. This is going to be interesting dynamic to see, because Coleman, when given the chance to be that that number one guy, really hasn't lived up to it. It might be Ito Smith's turn. We just don't know yet. Yeah, Yeah, all right. Well, when we come back, it is a big country. Look, he's playing big country on our way out. I like this 80s tune. We're going to talk about the big trade that took place yesterday. Carlos Hyde to the Jags. Nick Chubb. We'll get you all cut up on Weekend Fantasy Update. Like a great pass rusher, the Roto Experts will help you sack your fantasy football competition. When you register for their exclusive Edge Fantasy Package, you get a cheat sheet generator plus a player database with sortable projections and rankings from the best in the business. And you can join the fantasy conversation in the 24-7 Slack chat channel. Visit rotoexperts.com to register for the exclusive Edge Fantasy Package and enter the promo code FNTSY and you get a 10% discount. That's the rotoexperts.com exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package promo code FNTSY. Love Three Dog Night. Keep it coming, yeah. Shawnee Babe. Weekend fantasy update. Dance ever. Hey, good stuff from them, right? What, what are the other? Uh, oh, never songs? been to Spain. Uh, yeah. uh, oh, there's just so many. Joy to the world. Uh, you know. Yeah. A child oh, is black, so a child is white. Is that them? Yeah, that's absolutely yeah, yeah, that, them. Yeah, yeah, that's good stuff. Yes. Long list. Uh, yeah, yeah. So you're, we're back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. One is the loneliest number, but we're not one. We're, we're actually, we're, we're one because we all are into to fantasy sports, fantasy football, trying to uh, win that game this week, right? And uh, as uh, Taz was saying, you know, the, the teams that are two and four, we're going to get you over the hump, right? Yeah, we're going to get you that win this week. If, all right. Um, and Jags are trying to win, too. <laughs> uh, the uh, Two straight losses for the Jags. And uh, they made a, a big splash of a deal. At least I, I think it's an interesting deal, right? They picked up Carlos Hyde uh, for a fifth-round pick in 2019. Do you think that was enough uh, that the Browns got back for Carlos Hyde? Well, it, it look, they, didn't, they weren't looking to pay Hyde's contract next year they obviously like what they're seeing out of Chubb they want to give Chubb the full-time run so you know why pay five million dollars a year to Carlos Hyde Um, you know why not let the rookie run with it and that's what they're planning on doing so you know saves them money on on their cap and everything uh, gets them under the hump and they get the rookie out there to do what he's supposed to be doing Mm -hmm. Uh, the, the rub here is on Jacksonville side it almost like why would they spend this money if they think Fournette's going to come back in a couple of weeks. And I just can't see them spending that money for a couple of weeks. I'm sorry. It just doesn't make any sense. TJ Yeldon has been doing pretty well for them. Why Mm -hmm. go out and spend this kind of money for a guy that's only going to be in there a couple of weeks and Fournette's going to be back? Because a lot of people speculating Fournette's going to be back after the bye. This deal then doesn't make any sense at all unless they don't think Fournette could stand up at all uh, for the rest of the season or if they expect him to come back and 
be a one-week wonder and then go out again. Uh, there's something else here. They're just not telling us what it is. But right now, them getting high to me shows that I really can't have any faith in Leonard Fournette for the rest of the season. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I was going to ask you about, the, you know, what does this say about the Jaguars? I think it also speaks to uh, T.J. Yeldon as well. I mean, I agree with you. When he's been in there, he's been a serviceable guy for them. But even this week, you know, he was dealing with uh, ankle and foot issues. I mean, he's going to play, but uh, maybe they're concerned about him being a little fragile as well. Well, that, that plus, you know, when he had the chance before they drafted Fournette, he really didn't do much with it. So right. that had him concerned. They went out and got Jamal Charles. And let's face it, he's a little past his uh, prime at this point. Uh, yeah, a little uh, longer you know, while yeah. he got He got <laughs> a lot more work last week than I expected him to being signed a few days earlier. But mm-hmm. obviously they didn't really like what they saw from him either because, you know, if they did think that, you know, he at least gave them a viable backup, and Yeldon has been serviceable. Why go out and get high? Doesn't make yeah. any sense. Um, right, so right. all of these things lead to me that they just don't trust any of the three, you know, <laughs> Yeldon, Fournette, or Charles long-term, and they yeah. just needed a power running back, and that's what they went out and got. Yeah, yeah. And look, they they want to get back to uh, what led to their success last season. They, they ran the ball. Uh, 49.49% of the time this season. It's just under 36% of the time. And look, you know, uh, we talked about Bortles that, you know, when he's passing the ball a little bit too much, I mean, bad things happen. Uh, You know, this year, uh, 237 pass attempts, eight interceptions. Uh, Last season at this time through six games, 170 pass attempts and five interceptions. So, uh, look, they just got to keep the ball out of his hand pretty much, in my opinion. (laughs) Look, it's great for fantasy when Bortles has to throw that much because we get a few more viable players, including Mm -hmm. him most weeks. Um, But, you know, the team, as a team, for an NFL team, he's not getting it done when he has to throw that much. They need to get a ground game established, and that's what they're looking to do. Absolutely. He fits their mold perfectly. Yep. And it uh, looks like the Browns have been setting themselves up for the past couple of weeks with this thing. Because if if you notice, like the past two or three weeks, all of a sudden Duke Johnson started to get involved in the passing game uh, again, right? right. Uh, and so it looks like the, what they're going to have defined roles with Nick Chubb getting the early down work, as you mentioned earlier, and uh, Duke Johnson being that pass catching back. And I'll tell you, Nick Chubb, 3,600 uh, in DraftKings? Uh, with the amount of work that I expect him to get this week, I think he's going to get, what, maybe at least 15 carries, no? Very cheap in DFS this week. Oh, I I love Chubb this week, no doubt about Mm -hmm. it. I I mean, uh, he should definitely, he'll see that expanded role. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, when when you add in the fact that he's going up against Tampa Bay, who's 26th in allowing fantasy points, PPR points, to running backs, allowing 29.1 fantasy points a week to running backs, Mm -hmm. um, and equal not only just the pass catching backs doing it against him, both on the ground and through the air, um, giving up five rushing touchdowns through five games and, you know, three through the air. So we could have both Chubb and Duke Johnson have good games in this one against this terrible Tampa Bay defense. Yep. Very good point. Very good point. So, I mean, did you, uh, Use Chubb at all? Because I know you put a lot of uh, lineups together. I only put one DFS lineup together so far this week. But uh, is Chubb a guy that you're focused on a little bit? I'm trying not to. That seems to be my problem with DFS. When I lose, it's because I really focus in on one player. I don't diversify enough. I almost got killed last week uh, with Lynch. Uh, not doing anything in what I thought was going to be a great game for him. Right, but right, there were a right. couple other guys that I played that really lifted me up and got me back into the game. So, you know, I, I'm trying not to. I'm trying to I, – I, I use the Daily Roto lineup optimizer pretty much like yeah. every day from Wednesday on until Sunday, looking right. at all the different options, tweaking all the different tweaks I can make. And what I'm trying to do now is limit my per, uh, percentage of ownership in pretty much every player just yeah. to give me more options. And so I'm trying not to focus on Chubb. I like Chubb. absolutely love that cost. I think the value is absolutely there, but I'm trying not to just focus in on him. Yeah, yeah. If, and, if that uh, makes sense. No, it does. It does. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I've been using the Optimizer now for a few weeks, and I love it. I don't know how I got through without using it, you know. And it also gives you uh, the opportunity to tell, you know, what players are being used by the public the most because sometimes you might want to take a contrarian play 
And so, you know, sometimes, look, you know, if you could get, you know, some chalk in your, your lineup, you know, the big guys in there, great. But uh, other times where you just want to diversify, like you just said, uh, and uh, use a contrarian lineup. Uh, so that's one of the options. I, I'm, what I'm doing this week, my whole thought process this week, and here's a guy that, you know, I'm talking about diversification, but here's a guy that I, I, I'm saying screw that with, mm-hmm. and and that's Todd Gurley. I'm trying to figure out ways I can get Gurley in almost all my lineups. The value, he, he just represents such a great value week in and week out, and this matchup is, is really nice for him. So I'm trying to get him pretty much everywhere, which, you know, really – throws off my whole diversification uh, speech from a minute ago. But uh, just, <laughs> the, the, the guy is just killing it right now. He's getting a lot of opportunities, and he's just scoring it well. Yeah, I kinda, I'm kind of with you on it. and I think he's you know one of the cornerstones of, of uh, you know, many DFS lineups. Uh, what about a, a Thielen, too? You know, not both, uh, but maybe if you can get both, right? But, I mean, what Thielen has done so far this this year is amazing. <laughs> Another, oh, yeah. kind of I, 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 Another kind of a cornerstone guy, you know? Yeah, I mean, there's absolutely nothing you can say about Dylan right now. I mean, he's just killing it. Uh, number one fantasy wide receiver by far, um, you know, averaging 25 points, over 25 points a game in, in PPR right now. Uh, only had one game under 20 points, and that was 16.2 in week one. You know, mm-hmm. so since then he's had 31, 24, 27, 24, 29. You know what? That that's just great production, and I don't see it slowing down this week. Right, and that was one of the props I sent you too, right? What a yes, what a segue! Was. What a segue! I didn't even plan it, but I said, you know what? Since uh, total receiving yards in week seven, uh, odds over ninety nine and a half minus one twenty five, under ninety nine and a half minus one fifteen. Look, would Cook out again? This. You know, running team is going. This running game is going to struggle against the Jets. They're much better on the ground than they are through the air. Uh, mm-hmm. I think you know Cousins is going to have to come come out and continue to throw. And I just don't think the Jets have any answer for Adam Thielen working out of that slot. He's just mm-hmm. crushing it right now. So yeah. I absolutely bet the over. Me too. Me too. <laughs> um, all right, let's move on with uh, another uh, news item from this past week. Saints wide receiver Ted Ginn went to the IR. And uh, Traquan Smith, who had a big week. Uh, well, the Saints were on a bye last week. But uh, last Monday night, uh, Traquan Smith came through with a couple of TDs. I think it was three catches, 103 yards. So uh, Traquan Smith, maybe a little Cameron Meredith. You know, who do you prefer? Uh, well, look, I, I think Cameron, Cameron Meredith is going to be the safer option. Uh, in a PPR league. I think he's just going to get a little bit more consistent looks and targets each and every week. Traycon Smith is going to take on that Ted Ginn role of being that speedster, that big play guy. So he's going to have some really good games, but it's Mm -hmm. hard to trust somebody who gets two touchdowns on three targets. Um, It's just not something that's considered viable moving forward. You're going to have some regression there. You know, I, I know everybody was jumping out to get him this week, and I can't blame you. Drew Brees throwing the ball always looks good. But mm-hmm. remember how often you put Ted Ginn in your lineup and he got you two catches for 40 yards. That's what you're going to see out of Traquan every once in a while. Mm, that's a good point. Like, you, you're right. Just uh, three passes, 111 yards, two TDs. They were big TDs, 62 yards to 35 yards, but those are tough to, to predict every week. <laughs> well, uh, not only that, there was so much passion on that New Orleans sideline because Breeze was going for the record. You know, that whole team was hyped for that game and just mm-hmm. came out and blew, it, blew the doors off. You have to wonder if that's the team we're going to see every week or if we're going to go back to seeing the team that, you know, the defense wasn't playing so well, the offense was struggling at times. It's just hard to, to know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I kind of agree with you in terms of Meredith being the safer play because he, he's going to play a, a bunch of his targets uh, out of the slot. So uh, he should Most be getting. Yeah, yeah. And uh, But, hey, I, I think it's going to be a tough matchup for both of them this week because everyone should just take into consideration that they are playing the Ravens. So, <laughs> you know, if, yeah, right. if you do <laughs> if you do make a choice of getting one of these guys in there uh, and, and they have a bad week, uh, you know, just be forewarned, right? <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Ravens are number one against opposing quarterbacks, only giving up six passing touchdowns in six games. That's ridiculous. While taking five interceptions, you know, it, it's just they're not giving up a lot. And, you know, they faced some pretty good offenses uh, first couple of weeks, Cincinnati, Denver, Pittsburgh, uh, last couple of weeks, Cleveland, Tennessee. Of course, we know that they blew up Tennessee last week, got 11 sacks, one shy of the NFL record of 12. Uh, they mm-hmm. were just all over Marcus Mariota from the get-go last week. You know, they, they're not going to have as much luck against Drew Brees because he just doesn't get sacked a lot. But they're going to mm-hmm. try and put as much pressure on him as we can, and they're not going to make it easy for him. Right. No. Good point. Very good point. Uh, so should we start uh, breaking down some of these ga- games, uh, Taz? Absolutely. You're in control. I just follow along. <laughs> well, I, I want you to set your alarm. Well, you're up at the crack of dawn. You're, you're, I, I know you're, you're up very early. But uh, we got a morning game tomorrow, right? Yes, we do. 9.30. I hate 9.30 games. <laughs> I don't like them either, yeah. because uh, I'm still going to be on the radio at 9.30. Right, because for what we do in terms of, you know, we're putting together, like you said, you're on the radio. Uh, we're still putting together our notes, too. And, and you know, it just it throws the whole day out of whack. Yes, but, it uh, really does. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but we got the Chargers. Um, technically, they're the home team, but uh, they are a seven-point favorite uh, over the Titans. Uh, the over/under is forty-five, and uh, Chargers will be playing what the equivalent of what would be a six thirty a.m. game for them, right? When you take into consideration, you know, California time. Yeah, really. I, I actually hadn't thought it all the way through, but yeah, that is that's kind of nuts. Uh, yeah, hopefully they got there early enough in the week to, to really try to offset that. You need a few days with that oh, kind yeah. of transition. So hopefully they got there early enough in the week to get their body clock set, you know, more normal to the London time. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, the Titans, man. What, what do you think about the Titans? And I know it's an open-ended question, but Marcus Mariota sacked 11 times uh, last week, 129 yards passing two weeks ago, 117 passing yards last week. I mean, uh, you know, how much of this – do you think is on maybe the the whole system that he's in? You know, can can a can a coaching staff? Because I think this is like the third offense that he's worked with in the past few years. You know, they need to find something that takes advantage of his skill set, and that was one of the reasons. Not one of the reasons. That was you know when they brought in Mike Vrabel, who's really a defensive minded coach. Uh, you know, that that's what they wanted to try to get the most out of Mariota. You know, they brought in Matt Lafleur as their offensive coordinator, who helped in in uh, you know getting Goff's uh, Jerry Goff's career off the mat last year. But uh, you know, there's a lot of things here. Delaney, no Delaney Walker. <laughs> the offensive line sucks. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> what there, do you think, there, man? <laughs> there's a lot going wrong with this team right now. And, you know, you mentioned he, he's been under 130 yards passing in four out of five games. Mm-hmm. He's only thrown two touchdowns while throwing four interceptions. You know, a lot of that was, you know, when he wasn't really completely healthy. And we mm-hmm. don't know if he's really completely healthy now, to be honest with right. you. Or if he's Correct. just the best option they have. Um, right. So that that's all part of the problem. Um, you know, there's just. It, it, the, like you said, the offensive line is terrible. Corey mm-hmm. Davis, you can't really count on him uh, from week to week. Had the one big week. All the other weeks, he seems to disappear no matter how many targets he's getting. Yeah. It's just not really coming together. And, you know, it's hard to trust him. The, the Chargers can be beat. Their defense isn't the best. They could absolutely get points scored on him in this one if Tennessee can bounce back even a little from last week. But it's hard to trust him at this point. Yeah, and no running game at all. Yeah, from, no. From the t- uh, I, I <laughs> from didn't the expect Titans. much from yeah. Henry. I, I got to tell you that coming into the season, I didn't expect much from Henry. But I did think Deion Lewis would would have a nice part in this offense. But they they're just not getting the ball to him at all. It's a mm-hmm. it's just ridiculous. And I mentioned uh, that they brought in offensive coordinator Lafleurin. I mean, uh, he's the one that kind of started throwing the ball uh, Todd Gurley's way, right? Because uh, previous coaching staff really didn't take advantage of Todd Gurley's pass-catching abilities. So I figure if this guy is good, smart enough to know that, you know, you could use a, a running back as a pass-catching option, you know, that's one of Deion Lewis's strong points. Why aren't they taking advantage of it? Well, now you got to wonder if it was him or if it was just Sean McVay's system that got the ball to Gurley and not him. Uh, you know, we, we really don't know. It. And since it's still happening with him gone, I'm I'm going to lean towards Sean McVay and his offensive mind and th- this great offense that he has just created. Let, let's face it, 
a couple of years ago, Goff was, you know, one of the biggest busts in history. Everybody wrote him off. Sean mm-hmm. McVay comes in, and all of a sudden he's a top quarterback in the league. Not yep, a, yep. not the top. I said a top. So before no, you yeah. people start sending me nasty letters and emails and Twitters, <laughs> uh, a top quarterback in the league. And he is, as an NFL quarterback, right now he's playing some of the best quarterback play of the year as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Yeah, anything. Send it to at Fantasy Taz on Twitter. <laughs> uh, you can and just CC me at Jogalino on Twitter. But maybe Lafleur is just riding uh, McVeigh's coattails, right? That's Very possible. We just yeah. don't know. Yeah, he's going to have uh, to do it on his own, and right now he's just not. Yeah, he's going to have to put his big boy pants on. Uh, <laughs> when we come back, uh, continue breaking down this game. Then we'll move forward. Uh, talk a little Patriots and the Bears. You're listening to Weekend Fantasy Update on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your Daily Roto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. It was a beautiful day for a weekend fantasy update with Joe and Jim, and they're back in. <laughs> All right, a little Tom Petty bringing us back in. A little serenade from Sean Angle, making up his own lyrics, which is nice. Hey, and if you enjoy playing at Daily Fantasy Sports, but are sick of dealing with professionals using algorithms to select hundreds of lineups and entries, try the Props Builder tool at mybookie.ag. Forget having to create multiple lineups. Ditch the hassle of dealing with late scratches and avoid experts winning 90% of the money. Invest in the players that you want without salary caps. And if you sign up for a new account using the promo code FNTSY, you can receive a 50% deposit bonus. No more dealing with late lineup scratches. No experts to compete against. Just you and the prop that you choose. Go to mybookie.ag, enter promo code FNTSY upon sign up, and choose your matchups using the Props Builder tool. That's mybookie.ag. Promo code FNTSY. So, Sean, we got to get you on air uh, with those little uh, vignettes that you've been uh, serenading us with. What if I told you (laughs) that that particular one was actually on air? Oh, there you go. Johnny <laughs> coming out of the closet. <laughs> there you go. I'd be, I'd be happy to hear that, that our listeners got to hear that. I'm sure they, uh, they appreciate that. Yeah, well, as or long not, as they we'll like see it. soon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what these angry tweets we're getting are, but. Uh, <laughs> nah, nah, they're probably just angry because Jim isn't the one doing the serenading. There no, you go. They're not angry about that, believe me. <laughs> Hey, so this is live radio, guys. So just got something uh, off of a notification on my phone. I guess really it's from the NFL Network saying that the Dolphins are actually shopping Devontae Parker. Uh, they're getting calls for the wide receiver, but are not moving him for less than a third-round pick. <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, you know what? I might give a third-round pick in the uh, the next uh, flag football draft for, <laughs> for Devontae, Devontae Parker. Parker. <laughs> um, it, yeah, if you're looking for a third-round pick for Devontae Parker, well, then you might as well just keep playing him because you ain't getting rid of him. There you go. And, you, you know, uh, it is kind of starting to get to that trading season. I think, what is it, November 14th might be the trading deadline? Because one of our prop uh, bets was, uh, Jim, will Amari Cooper be traded before November 14th, 2018? Uh, yes is plus 250. <laughs> yeah. Yes is plus 250. No is minus 400. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say they try and see the problem is what they're asking is just not going to happen as well for Amari Cooper. Um, just 
man, he's one of the most inconsistent wide receivers in the league. Uh, up and down, up and down, oh, up yeah. and down. Uh, 60% of the time, he's down. And that's just not going to get it done. And I just don't expect a lot of teams to really want to put, you know, money into the man at this point. But there are a lot of teams out there that, that need the help. So, it, you know, let's see what happens. Yep, yep. Um, so uh, back to that uh, Chargers-Titans game. Uh, of course, Melvin Gordon always uh, should, should be a focus. Nine touchdowns in six games, uh, causing defenders to miss third most missed tackles. And uh, Titans given up the six most yards to running backs. But up until last week, hadn't given up a TD to a running back. So take note of that. But uh, um, Phillip Rivers, quarterback three in fantasy. Right, but Keenan Allen, no touchdowns since week one. Concerned about Keenan Allen? I am a little concerned about Keenan Allen. I'm, I'm concerned. You know, Philip Rivers is still getting it done. He's having a, another good year. hasn't thrown for less than two touchdowns in any game this season. But right. uh, he, he's getting very close to being dead to me. <laughs> I, I'm about ready to just go out there and do something not nice to the man. Uh, <laughs> just just for the fact that he's not getting my guy Mike Williams more involved. Yeah, uh, you yeah. know, we saw Mike Williams earlier in the season, three touchdowns in two weeks. And, you know, I, hey, I've been taunting this guy from, you know, first week I got onto the, the radio. I was like, this is going to be my guy this year. He's just not getting it done now. And he's not getting the looks or targets that I need him to have. And, you know, the fact that they're still throwing the tie – Tyrell Williams more than him, just making me nuts. Yeah, I, I know I that, that wasn't that, the question you asked, but no, I no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. You need to, you need to get this stuff off your chest. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's what I'm talking about. I'm coming, it Bill. Is, it is Halloween season, right? So yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think I, I saw uh, you did tweet out that Mike Williams was dead to you. Yeah, it's just you know, man, it's so. Ah, it's just <laughs> disgusting. He's such a good yeah. talent, good playmaker. Mm-hmm. He runs great finally routes, healthy. great hands. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's finally healthy, and they're just not using him well enough, and it's just making me crazy. Yeah, well, I don't blame you. I like him, too. Uh, not as much as you, but I like him a lot. I like him a lot, but he's your guy. I'll let you have him. He's your guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, right now, I'm not sure I want him. <laughs> <laughs> too late. <laughs> Can't throw him back. Uh, so what are we doing with this game? Uh, so we have the Chargers up by seven uh, in this game. I- I'm going to be honest with you. I'll-, I'll-, I'll start if you don't mind. Not at all. I-, I take I take the Titans. Like I said, Chargers are played at six thirty in the morning. Titans defense is pretty decent. You know, uh, I think that the Chargers win, but uh, maybe like a seventeen fourteen win. You know. Uh, Mariona runs one in. Corey Davis one TD. That's the two touchdowns, and uh, we get one touchdown from Gordon because we always do. <laughs> so that's my opinion. I think it's so going to be under. Gonna... I think it's going to be okay. under, and I think the Titans are going to be covered. Ooh, that's a you know good call. Uh, like you said, Chargers are listed as home team, but you know again no home team here playing in. Uh, in London, so that really goes out the window. It really hurts these teams that get the home team advantage. Uh, yeah, you know, they lose classification. a home game. Yeah, they lose right, a home yeah. game, and yeah, it really yeah, hurts yeah. them. Um, mm-hmm. Especially a team that, you know, 4-2, they're you know, on a roll right now, still trying to first time break out and get into that playoff scene and really do damage. And I think they have the personnel to do it this year. Actually mm-hmm. pick them as my uh, Super Bowl contender in this in this conference. So mm-hmm. I, I like their chances. But in this game, I, I agree with you to an extent. Tennessee's defense better than, you know, expected. But, you know, they haven't really faced a lot of juggernauts on offense either. You know, Houston right. week one, Watson wasn't there. Um, right. Jacksonville week two, just Jacksonville. Philly week three, Wentz just getting back. Uh, Buffalo right. week four, and then Baltimore uh, last week. Uh, and, uh, one week passed, I'm sorry. That was in the last five. But no real big juggernauts there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Chargers playing good football right now. Uh, 15 touchdowns on the season. Rivers only three interceptions. Um, I, I just think he breaks the mold of what Tennessee has been doing so far, and mm-hmm. I like his chances to put up a decent game. I expect a couple of touchdowns from him and at least another one from Gordon. So I am going to lay the points here, and mm-hmm. I am going to go with the over. I think it's just going to be a wow, higher-scoring okay. game than most predict. All right, we'll see what happens. I mean, uh, we, we'll have uh, breakfast with uh, 
with uh, the Chargers and the and the Titans. And, and here's another big one. I mean, Tennessee defense lost uh, Derek Morgan for a few games, so that mm-hmm. really impacts their pass rush. So they're really going to have a hard time trying to get to Rivers, who's only been uh, they they've only allowed a 1.3 sacks a game, third lowest mm-hmm. in the league. So uh, it, losing Morgan hurts a, a little bit too. Right. All right. Good point. Good point. Uh, Good call, too. So we'll see what happens, right? That's why they call it gambling. <laughs> absolutely. If have, they made it easy, everybody do it. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So let's move on to uh, an interesting game. You have the uh, Patriots uh, playing in Chicago against the Bears. They are a three-and-a-half favorite, and the over-under in this game is a 49. And, boy, <laughs> last game that the Patriots played, uh, 43-40, uh, they, they eked it out against the Chiefs. <laughs> what could you say about that game, man? <laughs> it was a great game. I love watching yeah. those type of games. I like high-scoring yes. games. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I love it when it comes down to who's going to get the ball last, and that's exactly what they, we saw. Uh, you know, Kansas City had a chance to, to run the ball, maybe kill a bunch more clock at the end of that game. They ended up trying to pass. didn't work out for them. They ended up giving the ball back to New England and lost because of it. So mm-hmm. hopefully that's a lesson learned from them. You know, I know you're trying to win the game, but you still got to grind out some of that clock. You can't leave Brady with that much time. Right, right. And this this has nothing to do with anything, but just you know, like I'm thinking about the uh, post game interview. Do you like Tom Brady? Never met the man. Yeah, but just like <laughs> uh, no, we all have opinions, you know. <laughs> but he, I has, don't, he has nothing. I don't like or dislike the guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, he's. I don't like or dislike the guy. He's never done yeah. anything to me that would make me dislike him. Uh, right, right. You know, I, hey, I, I love when the Giants play him in the Super Bowl. <laughs> he's one yeah. of my favorite players when we play him <laughs> in the Super Bowl. So right. you know, it's hard to dislike Tom Brady. <laughs> now, he's a polarizing force, though, no? I mean, especially, you know, f- first of all, he's a winner, so everybody loves to hate winners. Second of all, you know, the the, the whole deflate gate and... Uh, oh, come on. Like, it, you know? like every other team hasn't done all those little stupid things to try and get oh, an every, edge. Everybody looks for something. Even in baseball, there was that issue with the... Was it the Astros that were supposedly filming? You're asking me? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that the game where you take those little brushes and and sweep in front of the puck going down the ice? Uh, no. <laughs> That's that Olympic sport, right? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I, was, I was just curious. I just thought, you know, because some people either really loved Brady, or some people hate him. You know, I mean, I, I'm, you know what? I'm, I'm at the point where I'm just gonna enjoy watching him play the rest of his career because it's like watching, you know, you know, uh, a Babe Ruth. It's like watching a Gretzky. It's like, you know, you're watching one of the all-time greats play. So just. Yeah, absolutely. Enjoy, enjoy right? Exactly. And you know, everybody's making such a big deal about Breeze, you know, and breaking the all-time passing yard record, and he's up mm-hmm. to five hundred, you know, four hundred ninety-nine touchdowns, and you know, maybe he'll break that record this year too. But everybody forgets that, you know, Brady already hit the five hundred mark this year, <laughs> so it's going to be a race between the two of them to see who breaks it. Yeah, yeah. All right. So uh, in terms of this game, so Sony Michelle. Second most red zone twenty yard uh, from the twenty yard line carries right, uh, third most from within the five. So I mean he just started to really get regular work the past few weeks right already. Second most red zone carries, third most from within the five, and uh, you know twenty four for one hundred six with two touchdowns last week. You you brought it up earlier uh, in the show. We have two running backs on the Patriots that you could start just about every week, you know, because James White getting it done, especially at PPR. Absolutely. You can start them both at this point. They're playing well. Hey, look, it's not often that uh, New England goes out and spends first-round draft capital on a running back. I can't even mm-hmm. remember the last. I think Ty- Tyrone Wheatley might have been the last one. I'm not exactly sure, uh, mm-hmm. but it's been a while. So for them to go out and do that, you had to think that they really thought highly of him. Um, you know. And then with Burkhead going out, there really wasn't any competition for the space at that point, and that's what we're seeing. This kid is a really good running back, uh, You know, definitely more valuable in standard than PPR because he doesn't catch a lot of passes. But with this offense, he's going to get plenty of end you know, red zone opportunities, plenty of goal line plunges. So he, he, you know, at this point, he's a pretty much start every week type of guy, uh, mm-hmm. and so is James White. 
Yeah, I never thought, you know, I would agree to that. But, yeah. <laughs> and if you look at, uh, to the Patriots, right, last season, almost 60% of their offense were passing plays. Last week, 49.33. And in their last three games, 53.46. So, uh, you know, are, are they starting to make that little transition? I mean, even Gronk, I mean, is he hurt? Or being asked to block a bit more because he just had four targets last week in, in a game where they scored 43 points. Uh, I, mean, I know the ankle has been a problem, but do you think that kind of that the Patriots kind of like maybe make it a slight of a transition? Hey, it looked to me watching that game that he was in block blocking way more often than I like, and just doesn't make any sense to me. If they need that kind of help on the offensive line, just bring in another backup. You know. Uh, tackle or guard, give him that extra body out there. You know, mm-hmm. Gronk gives you more power when he's out there stretching the seams, you know, being that uh, that runner that people need to have in that field because once he gets out in, in, in space, he's just a big beast, and you need him out there running those routes. And uh, mm-hmm. I, just, I, I just think it's not the smartest thing in the world to have him in there blocking. It just doesn't make sense to me. Right. I'm just wondering, maybe the ankle might be hurt more than, than what they're letting on. You know, And it's always possible. We never know what's really going on in New England, ever. <laughs> right. He's right. part of that conspiracy. Actually, he started it. <laughs> uh, well, you know, Bears have given up a touchdown to a tight end in four straight, so uh, maybe Gronk will get it going again. So in, in terms of fantasy, I mean, uh, is, is Josh Gordon now in every week start? Uh, two TDs in four weeks, nine targets last week. You know, him and him and Edelman are the two guys. I mean, is Hogan just a little bit too inconsistent? You know, for, yeah, for Hogan, Hogan's pretty much out of the picture for me. He's going to have an occasional game where he catches a touchdown here and there, or, you know, just because all of them do. Look, uh, we've seen Dorsett do that. We've seen Corderell Patterson do that. Uh, you know, so Brady's going to throw to whoever's open. So that's not the issue. But I did love the fact that Gordon was much more involved last week. You know, mm-hmm. like you said, the nine targets, absolutely, definitely a step up, what we need to see. But not only that, he was running routes all over the field, which is a mm-hmm. great thing. Uh, it wasn't just that they had a couple of set-up plays for him. He was all over the field running a a, a very nice uh, route tree. So because of that, I actually love him this week, even against his tough Chicago defense, but they can be beaten through the air. It's usually on the ground that, that you know they give other teams trouble. But I think they're going to have a hard time with that too. They haven't given up a rushing touchdown yet this year. I think that trend ends this week. Hmm. All right. Uh, so now for, for good points you brought up uh, on the Bears side, and we may have to talk because this is a good. This is a game I want to focus on. But it's a good game uh, on the Bears side. Uh, Tariq Cohen. Two straight weeks of seven catches, uh, but just getting the three carries. I mean, uh, the snap percentage has jumped up in the past three games he's played. Started out three games ago at 40 now, uh, his most recent game, up to 48%. And Howard's has fe- fallen. It went from 62% to 51% in the last three games. Uh, I mean, this is basically just an awakening by the uh, Bears coaching staff. <laughs> I mean, realizing what they have in a Tariq Cohen. I mean, I don't blame them. you got to get Tariq Cohen more involved in this offense. Well, you know, they've been using this this speed offense, and Cohen just fits into that mold more than Howard does. And, you know, Howard hurt himself with that fumble at the goal line. So Cohen's going to be the guy. Uh, New England can absolutely be beat by pass-catching running backs. So I think Cohen is in for another big game. All right. We'll continue breaking down this game and more. Uh, Just got a notification. Terrell Pryor, Jets releasing Terrell Pryor. We'll talk about that when we come back. Weekend Fantasy Update on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. (laughs) 